This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Welcome, my friends, to the Wolverine Speedway Show down at Madurk. You're at npr.nz999 AM. We talk Speedway, Robertson Holden, International Speedway. Plus, we talk with drivers and track managers, promoters from other tracks around New Zealand. Chris, how are you? Well, welcome back to this week's Doing It in the Dirt. Uh, just myself, Stu, this week, but uh, a very special guest as we do count down to our own New Zealand racing starting in a couple of weeks. Managed to finally get a hold of the Brisket F1 champion of the world. Charlie Swarter. How you going, young fella? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, that's cool. How cool is it to be introduced as the uh, the champion of the world, man? I see you uh, you grin up there. Yeah, well, makes me uh, makes me sound important for once, doesn't it? So, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> oh, too right. Let's wind the clock right back, though, to uh, before we get into to growing that head a wee bit. When, how and when did you get involved in... I guess uh, stock car racing or the racing over in in the UK. I guess you'd start with probably mini stocks or even cleaning d- the mud off Dad's car if that's the case. Yeah, so my so my dad raced ever since I was born. Um, he obviously raced at my age, um, and then when I was born, I think two weeks old, I was uh, went to my first ever meeting, and then I never really stopped from there. To be fair, um, obviously working on dad's car my plastic spanners when I was a little little kid and then we went into ninja karts which is like a, a formula for six to ten year olds yeah uh, they're like little go-kart things they're, they're they're quite good actually they just get you on the track and get you to learn your craft and then we went into uh national mini stocks uh had quite a good career in them held superstar throughout my career and then I started f1s when I was 16 and then here we are now so how old are you now I'm 20 now. Far out. That's crazy. That's that's absolutely nuts. So, so mini stocks over there. What you would have started um, 12. That's when we start over here in New Zealand. No, we're we're 10 when we start. So I was I, the, the day I turned 10 was when I raced my first meeting at Buxton. Uh, uh, I, I don't can't really so remember. That was there. quite. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a long time ago for us. That was so. Uh, I can't really remember what happened, but uh, I knew straight away as soon as I sat in it and got the adrenaline for it, I just knew that was that was something I wanted to to do for my career sort of thing. If you if you like, so yep. we, we just went from there, and we never really took it too serious to start with because mum and dad and, and granddads were always like, just make sure you find your feet and you in, you enjoy what you're doing. Um, so we found our feet, and then a bit longer down the line, I had a, a real good sponsor and a good opportunity to get a a good competitive car. I think I was about 13, 14. And then um, we went from there and, and just, just went from stride to stride, really. Nice. So, so when do you, like, what's the top age that you have to get out of mini stocks over there? To, to just so, so the day, the day you're 16 is when you have to then go into something else. Well, you don't oh, have yeah. to go into anything else, but yeah. you can race up until like you're, the day before you're 16 so yeah it's quite yes. a big age gap really when you when you like at 10 years old I think I was about four foot and then we had a, <laughs> a, someone who was like about six foot five it was about 15 racing as well so when you put us next to each other it was it was quite weird yeah because over here like obviously it's 12 to get in and then the day you turn 17 is the day you have to 
well, it's the last day you can race, really. You, you, like you just said the day before, whatever, then you have to go elsewhere if you're going to go racing. So uh, basically you've done three, four years just sort of, I guess, like you say, finding your feet, racing the, the family car and all that, got this good sponsor, and you said you, it just took off from there. So when you say it took off, what's that? Titles, championships? What, uh, sort, we, of event, what we, sort of championships do they run in the mini stock class over there? They run quite a few, to be fair. We they're not one every meeting, but it's probably every other. Um, we obviously have your major championships. We have the European, which is always running Vemre, uh, the British, which is can be anywhere, and then the national championship, which is the equivalent to a world. Yeah, um, is what we'd call it in F ones. But I, I got third in the world and third and a second. Never quite got got the win. Um, and then we picked up a few others along the way, but no majors in in minis really. But we was always we was always competitive. We was always thereabouts. But we never just quite got that that lucky break, if you if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was a shame, really, because obviously winning a major championship in minis, everyone you sort of get the when you're sort of that age, you get the attention of the F1 boys, and they think, oh, he's going to be good when he's older. And obviously, we never we never really got that, so we. We was always there. Don't get me wrong. We was we was always always near the top step, but never quite at that at the at the top. If you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You're always on the podium and thereabouts. You got yeah, the trophies. All, yeah, you got yeah, the trophies. Yeah, we, just the, just not the number one. It's all right. I've got a mate who's like that. He's uh, actually he gave me some of his trophies the other day to clean up for some other events to to reuse. And um, he's always been second. That's because his brother's always been first. So I, I let him know about that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so so the basically the day you, you turn 16 and you've got to move on now at a roundabout point your dad was racing f2s before he moved to f1s were you of age to move up when he was still doing f2s or was he in f1s at that point uh i know so i never did f2s yeah 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 dad, but your dad, dad yeah dad did f2s when after he did minis um and then he did them for oh, a long time a, a long long time <laughs> and then he he won pre- pretty much everything there is to win in them yeah and then he come over to f1s in 2011 and yeah. then won the european championship yeah and then he he raced whilst i was racing in minis so he was racing the f1 and then i was racing racing the minis then so, so that's what I mean. So, when you turned sixteen, you had to move on. Was it was it an easy choice to yeah. move straight to F ones, or because I'd imagine like our New Zealand class, you know, mini stocks to super stocks, it's a huge jump. Yeah. Well, obviously, our mini stocks are front wheel drive, and they and they haven't really got any go. And then you jump in a brisk Formula One that's got yeah. six to seven hundred brake horsepower rear wheel drive. It is a big step. But um, we sat down as a family when at the end of my mini career. Um, and we just said to each other, we said, what do we want to do? We, we priced an F2 up. Um, and by the time we priced everything up and, and got a spares package and everything we sort of needed, because Dad was still doing F1s, there, it, it would have been more feasible to just go into F1s because we had all the spares and everything all there. So by the time that we, we priced everything up, it, it was just a no-brainer, really. So we got a, a half-competitive car. It, it, was, it was real good to progress in my career. Um, and obviously it, it, it's definitely paid off now because here I'm here. So yeah, <laughs> exactly right. So 
you started F1 basically straight away. You were 16 and into it, or was there a little bit of a, a gap between, or you just... Yeah. I, I can't quite remember. I think I raced... My birthday is the end of May, and I think I raced at the start of June. I think it was the 10th of June. I can't quite remember now, but wow. it was it was quite soon after. Um, but obviously, we did a bit of practicing and just made sure I was comfy and did all of that. And then I did I did a little bit that season, and then I got banned for <laughs> something ridiculous. <laughs> and then so that so that then stopped to everything, and then. And after that, we then was that then did COVID then happen? Probably, yeah, because I'm thinking if you've if been racing about four happened. years, COVID's been going on about three. Yeah, so I think COVID happened. So that was that year off. And then we managed to race a little bit for a few meetings. Um and then that was that was that then. And then I did last year in my tarmac car and then a little bit in dad's car. And then this year, I've done done a full lot. Really, I've been in been in my my time at car, and then I've had dad show car all year, pretty much. Wow, that's crazy. So, so when you started racing, did you buy another car? Did you get a hand me down from dad, or did you guys build a car for you, or what was the go? So we brought a Peter Ford and built car that oh. Jordan used his son. Uh, obviously, you're you're quite familiar with with Peter yep. and, and Jordan over there. So yeah, we brought. We brought a car off them. Um, it was a tarmac car. We, we just that. They helped us out a bit when, when we were struggling. We changed a few bits here and there on the suspension that, that we thought would be better, and we got it going well. To be fair, we had some some good results at the start of my career, and then um, I managed to get myself in the back of a semi final at Sheffield, which was is a shale track for us. Um, never never raced shale shale before in an F one in a real drive. Just did it in a mini. In the mini, it was my favourite surface. I used to like the show. Yep. Um, so then, obviously, we went to Sheffield, and we, we didn't manage to get into the into the semi final. But then we we won the meeting final, my first time out on shale. So that it was like a bit of sweet sort of weekend, really. Obviously, managing to to get my first final win in F ones on a surface I haven't raced yeah. raced on in that in that in that car. It, it was it was nice to be fair, and then. After that, we then sat down again and went for everything. And we thought, well, the car's obviously competitive on shale, so we may as well just do both. So we did bit a bit of tarmac and a bit of shale. We we probably lost a bit of speed on tarmac doing it, but then we gained I gained one experience and two yep. I was getting results on the shale, and it was more fun. So so you basically done what Denny's done as as most of us Kiwis know is basically had a dual surface car from the Peter Falding yep. car that you brought. You you turned it into a dual surface. Exactly that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and tasted success on a surface that you didn't think you'd get much out of, which is bloody awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so so how long like at that point when you made the semi final and you made your way up, what, what colour roof were you sitting at? I was when I went into that semi final, I was a yellow top. Yep. I was, I was still like I said, I was still finding my feet. I was just just learning all the time because in, in a stock car you're always learning. There's always something going on, and you change this and you change that, and you yeah. think, "Oh, that's nice." And at that point, I was really, really learning. And Dad was pretty much doing everything for me, if I'm perfectly honest. And and, and my team, obviously, I've got a good team behind me, and they was just just helping out, and I was just getting in and just just driving it. Yep, yep. So that car, 
is that the same car you have now, or have you built or brought another? Or no, two, so what? Two, so, so that car now, Josh Smith owns it. He's a driver over here. Um, he now owns it and runs it as a shell car. He's, he's quite fast in it, to be fair. Um, and then we uh, we then got a tarmac car, and then I used I now use Dad's shell shell ah, yep. shell car. We we are we're in progress building our own. One of my mechanics, Carl Gilbert, he's he's currently currently building one, yep. um, very similar to Dad's. And then for next next season, I'll be in that. Sweet, and Dad will get his back. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I've got a bit of a thing with that car at the minute. So. <laughs> Too right. So, but before this year, basically, um, I wouldn't say you've burst on the scene because you've always been there thereabouts, despite the. The little number of meetings you've done, you've you've definitely made a name for yourself in many ways. But how, like, what rank, what color roof did you get to before this year's world final? And what sort of achievements had you won? You know, many final wins, or you know, um, or grand national wins, and the likes of that. Uh, so many, many wins. I couldn't tell you. I, I, I honestly can't remember how how much I won in minis. I won. Yeah. I wasn't quite. I was always stronger on the shale, always in minis. Never, never quite had the speed on tarmac. We had, we only had one car, and to be like, wanted to be there on tarmac, you sort of had to have two really. And the people I was around always had the real good equipment. And don't get me wrong, they're unbelievable drivers. One of them is one of them is a good mate of mine, but he he had fantastic cars, and obviously he won everything, and I was the step down. Yeah. But yeah. Obviously, it's it's different, but this year I in F ones I started off as a blue top. Um, I said at the start of the year, I said I had three things I wanted to do this year: keep red top, qualify for the world, and qualify for our shootout, which is a yep. series we have at the end of our season yep. for the top twelve drivers. And I managed to I've managed to do all those things before the season ended. So for me, and obviously to win the world final, my first ever attempt was it's just something that I'm. At the start of the season, I never thought it would ever happen. So we, I just I went into the season not really expecting, and that's what's happened. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Because so this year, like, uh, looking at the results in the grid, you didn't qualify for the British at Bradford, did you? Into the actual British race? No, I didn't even. I didn't even go. Oh, there we go. Well, that answers that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't go. We. I, I have, I've Bradford is is a brilliant track and it is absolutely fantastic. It's a stadium. The atmosphere there is electric. Mm. The owners and the people who run at your stocks are absolutely wonderful people. But the problem is the track is a damaged track. You, every time I've gone there, I've got so much damage. It it it's just been questionable sometimes to go. And we had around the time it was a busy period and we was doing a lot of meetings. Um, there was I can't quite remember why we didn't go. There, there, there was there was a legit reason why we didn't go. Mm. I wanted I wanted Dad to do it because Dad's never raced there, and he's like my old man. He he's a bit he's balls out. He'd he'd rip the lip and not blink about it, and and he just he's shit or bust basically. I don't yeah. know if you're allowed to swear, but he will he will send it basically. Yeah, that's good. Um, and that's more of a hit him track and. I really wanted him to do it, but he's not overly interested in racing at the minute um, himself. And he's he, he enjoys his truck shows. He's got we we've got a 
haulage company. And he's got a real nice truck and he enjoys doing that. So I think he went to a truck show instead and we <laughs> we just knocked it on, knocked it on the head really. And then and then that that's that's sort of the reason why we why we didn't go. Yep. Oh fair enough. Fair enough. I mean we we um were luckily enough to finally get a live stream out of the out of the UK yeah. and, and we watched it. Um many of us watched it, which was bloody good to, to finally get. After that was the, the Euro. Now um <laughs> That's all right. We we love it. We love a bit of uh bit of banter in this in this show, and, and our Kiwi drivers love giving it to each other as well. But so I talked to Ryan obviously beforehand, being the defending champion. Um, I can't remember if I talked to him after it or whatnot. But either way, now somewhere along the way, you were either what on the league lap or lap down. I don't know. But um, during the race, did you think you were on the league lap for that big dive bomb yeah. at the end? Yeah, of course I did. I'm not. I've never ever been a driver like that. I've always, I always have respect for people I race with, even if I don't like them. Yeah, there's people I don't like in our sport, and I don't take them out of lap down. So everyone on Facebook, they can say what they want to say, and they can slag me off to high heavens, but I really don't care because at the end yeah, of the day, if a flag man's giving you second and you believe you're in second, then you're always going to go for it. So. It is what oh, it is. To be fair, like, you know, just us over here from what we saw on the taking out of the actual um the <clears> comments and that, but the you know, as the official results come through from um Brisker and BSCDA and all that, is they're chopping and changing all the time. I guess we could only but sort of laugh about it and think, well yeah. clearly, clearly, you know, like you just said, if you've been given second place as I as I know the the flagman gives you as you go past, points at yeah. you and gives you the placings. Um. Yeah, but but that sort of stuff. I mean, personal aside, it just it hypes the crowd, right? It's all entertaining. It's all a show. Um, I don't know if you shake hands and have a beer after. Who knows? But either way, it's all for the fans, right? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, don't me old man's always sort of like at the end of the day, the fans are paying their money to to come in and they want to watch an entertaining race, and we caught Ryan up from absolutely nothing and we went for a last bender unfortunately it didn't work um, I took him out and myself but that's at the end of the day it's racing yeah. that's, that's all I can say because there's no way in this world that if he wasn't in the same situation as I was in he wouldn't have done exactly the same thing yep. um, he then decided to ram me a few times after the after the, the uh, race yep. and got himself in a bit of trouble with, with the officials but I can't control that, so I've got out of my car and spiced the fans up and got everyone talking and just had a bit of fun with it, really. That's, that's what did. I'm about. I'm, exactly. I, I enjoy that sort of stuff. And the meeting wasn't the best. It was it was a bit if and a bit meh, you know what I mean? So mm. we spiced it up and we, we got it to where it was. And that's that's what I'm about. I'm, I'm about entertaining the crowd. So oh, if exactly. that's what I've got to do, then I'll keep doing it. And and I think I think to be fair, like you mentioned, uh, you know, from what I've got from talking with Ryan and and the other guys that I've talked to at times, um, he's just like that, you know. And and same with Tom and the likes. It's all about the crowd. And so, I mean, again, the sort of person. It's a bit of. A, I know what he did. We did whatever. And I don't know how they come to decisions, but it is kind of a shame with the the long the term of the stand down, the long long term of the stand down. I don't know. Because obviously we want the drivers on track, the best of the best, to to entertain the crowd. I suppose, from a fan's point of view, anyway. 
Yeah, of course. Don't get me wrong, Ryan. What Ryan does for for the sport is is good because his setup and the way his cars come out of the workshop every time and his facilities. Like, don't get me wrong, I've been to Ryan's workshop and uh, I got on with him before everything kicked off. And he, he is a credit to the sport. And at the end of the day, it depends how you look at it. You shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't have done what you've done. But then sometimes you fans look at it from from different perspectives and think yeah that was harsh but then he did do this so it really does depend how you look at it but uh, it, it it's one of those things isn't it end of the day mate he's doing great things in the u.s as well so i suppose uh it may be a lose but it might be a win as well who who knows well we'll find out next year <laughs> yeah we'll exactly. see what happens won't we Yep, yep. Hey, from there though it was all eyes on the world final obviously um the semi-final came along and it was at Bradford, so you had to race there. You didn't get a choice this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, well, we had a double whammy, really, because the week before was the Europe, obviously European, so yeah. that happened. And then we sat, when I went in the fence, or Ryan was running me, I'm not, I'm not sure what it was, I don't, don't want to put a finger on it, yeah. but we snapped a cam uh, in the engine, so obviously we, we, I couldn't get anything sorted. Uh, so I phoned um, Little Ted, which is Frankie JJ, obviously yep. you're, you're familiar with, I phoned him up and asked him if he had a spare a spare car going. And he said, yeah, we have. It's a higher car. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, the day I'm, I think, where was I? Four throw inside for yeah, a semi. Yeah, four throw inside. Four throw yep. a, yeah, that was it. Four throw inside for a semi. And it, it was an opportunity I couldn't miss. Yeah. And we we was always um and ah, do we take the tarmac car? Do we hire a car? What do we do? Pardon me. So obviously the tarmac car, I didn't really ever want to put it on trail because there's always that chance of smashing it up. Yeah. So we went for the higher car, and obviously we got third in it. I don't know, I don't know how we managed to get third, but I just just drove it, if I'm honest, and tried to stay out of trouble. And a few top boys went out. I think Newson and and a few others yeah. went out and. We just just kept my head down. I just knew before before I went in the race because I went in. I think if it was in Dad's car, I'd have felt quite nervous and I'd have had that bit of bit of pressure on my shoulders. But because I was in a car, I hadn't even sat in it. Yeah. Because Ted lived so far away, I was I lived three hours from him, so it's not even like I could go down in the week and get sorted. They literally took it to the track. We sat in it. Yeah, put some padding in there. Put some padding in here, and that'll do. And we just we just got in it and just 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 drove it and had no pressure and no expectation. And obviously to manage to then get third, obviously I was like, oh my God, here we go. Like we're up there at Ipswich for a world final. Anything can happen now. Yeah. So that was that really. Uh, Nothing against the Waymans or anything with those higher cars. Cause I know, I don't know if he raced the car you raced, but Mitch Vickery obviously used one and man, he put some work into it. Um, And obviously yeah, yeah. That showed um, come Northampton as well, but like you sort of yeah. I mean, I know Matt Newson takes a, a buddy a ton of them to the track when mm-hmm. when I, when we came over 2019. You know, we did a bit of work to them. But when you say literally, sometimes you just those high cars they've just been used and that, and maybe not had a chance to be touched. So you sort of are just jumping in whatever turns up at the track, aren't you? And hoping <clears> for the best. Yeah, of course. Don't get me wrong. What what the Waymans do and, and Newson does is is brilliant because yeah. without them we'd probably be 10, 12 cars down of a meeting booking list and mm. it gives people who can't afford to race or 
don't have the facilities to be able to do something like that, an actual chance to be able to get a feeling for the adrenaline and the sport we do. So, yeah, don't, they, they obviously do a brilliant job, but the, don't get me wrong, the car that I, I race in Dad's car is a top car, uh, and the higher car obviously wasn't as good. But at the end of the day, it gave me that opportunity to still yeah. be able to do what I needed to do. And I appreciate that so much from especially the late notice that I gave them that literally I think I told little Ted on, on the, the Tuesday or Wednesday night and he worked his absolute bollocks off to get to get it in the best state and form he could to, to get me in the world final and I'll always be thankful for that. Yeah, exactly. You're too right. And, and like you say, having only that week between the Euro and the and the Worlds uh well sorry in the semi final, um <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff to uh to get the to yeah. get the car going. So you make you finished third, which technically puts you fourth row because of obviously the international yeah. row in there and the way it all works, you end up on the inside again of row four. Does that, do you mm. have any sort of like, not superstitions or stuff, but feelings like, Hey, you know, I finished, you know, top three in a semi final from row four inside row four. I'm starting the same spot, you know, that's now given me the confidence. I can, I can do it, you know. I never thought about that, to be fair. I never thought that, uh, that I started in the same place, actually. Um, I just, I don't know, everyone I spoke to, like family and friends and other drivers, they just said, because it was my first world final, I said, go into it and just enjoy it. Just yeah. just enjoy the experience, enjoy the day. My mum was like, just take everything in mm. because you never know, like something could happen and you might never be able to do it again. So, just took everything in and just took everything in my stride, really. Like the whole build up to the world final, it was just, it was just a real nice day to be, to be honest. And, and that, that, that's it, really. Cause it is, it's a fun day, you know, like to be fair, it's a <clears> bloody <throat> long day. I know, you know, over yeah. here, we turn up at the track at maybe four o'clock, um, screen mm. and hearing, driver's briefing, racing at seven, you know, whereas over there, you know, we're at the track at Kingsland at 10, 11 o'clock. The main race wasn't till blooming seven o'clock, something like that. Yeah, well, it's a that, long that's, day. That's you. That's you. For a world final, obviously, you're always there early. But like yeah. a, a normal meeting, we don't rock up until about half an hour before start time. Yeah. So we're pretty much the same as <laughs> as you boys. We're we're never normally early, but obviously having to wear the gold now. Obviously, we we try and get everywhere as early as we can. Obviously, pending with work and how yeah. busy yeah. the team is. Obviously, we try we try and get everywhere. A decent time because you still have fans coming up to you and, and wanting to talk. So obviously yeah. we've we've always got always got time for for that sort of stuff. So we we just try and do what we can do. Yep. But then you get to the race itself. Can you sort of remember how it all unfolded? Cars in front of you disappearing, and I don't know. I know. I think somewhere you know, we didn't get a live stream, so we were literally reading it like yeah. a, like a transcript over Facebook from one of the Kiwi. Um, Kiwi guys partners giving us a lap by lap update <laughs> what was happening you know I think there was oil on the track and Frankie spun and yeah. this happened and that happened yeah. and can you sort of remember what was happening in front of you because kind of in a way there were seven cars starting in front of you yeah well no I'll be honest normally I'll do a race I'll get off after and I'll be like I can't remember what happened yeah obviously I get that lost in the moment yeah but for some reason, that race, I can pretty much remember it lap for lap, if I'm perfectly honest, who I overtook. <laughs> where I'll, I'll be honest, like, I knew at the start, um, 
Because you had a, start, had a restart. Well, no, you went for a full restart. Yeah, yeah well, the, the first start, I, there was a Dutchie, uh, was it Tesla? I'm not sure. He spun and I saw him spin. I was like, well, that don't look good. And then I had no one around me. And I knew I had Paul Harrison and obviously there was Wesley Schapp and Tom and all the top boys in front. And I knew that I had to sort of get rid of them. So yep. I, I, I gave I gave for a bloody good hit. It's dented my front bumper big time. Um, so I'm at, I, I tried to get get them in, and then as I've gone up the inside, I think he was in about fourth at, at, on the first start. Um, yellow flags come out, and I'm like, oh no, here we go. And then obviously <laughs> I get round a bit and see there's a trap blockage, and then <clears throat> I see that obviously we had a restart. And on the re on the restart as we got rolling again, it started to rain. Oh, I was like, oh no. I don't need this because my car wasn't set up for for the rain. It was it was well, it was set up for intermediate really, but we had it set up for the rain in practice, and it was horrendous. Yeah, it was was real bad. <laughs> so then the second restart didn't get as good a start. Then I, got, I messed around. I, I managed to get past Paul Harrison, uh, and then I messed around with him and Bobby G for a few laps, and then I managed to get a break. I see. Paul and Bobby, well, Bobby sent Paul over a curb, and I just managed, I think he just glazed my back bumper, and I sort of got a little bit off centre, and then we got going then, and I think I was in either fifth or sixth, and at that point, I was focused, I was like, I've got to catch these, they're all going in, because that's what I've got to do, yep. <clears throat> and then it sort of just unfolded, really, I, I caught them up, and then Tom sent Frank, Frank out wide, and Shap went up the inside, and then Frank got on the back of Tom, and Frank got on the back of Tom and Shap and put both of them in and put Shap in hard, bloody hard. And I thought, cool, here we go. This is going to get a bit rowdy now. And I'm, I was up for it. Um, and then and then we picked off Paul Lines and then I caught Tom up. And Tom's the man on tarmac this year. He's yeah. the one to beat. And when I caught him up and got him out wide and then went into the next corner and didn't have a hit back, I sort of thought, right, all eyes on Frank now. And Frank was about straight ahead and then I just saw him start to come into bat markers and I just thought if we can get a good run here and keep our nose clean, we, we could catch him because I had the belief in the car that I could do it. And then we, we got onto him and I sort of thought in the next couple of laps, I've got to really make my mind up on what I've got to do. And I think I was about three cars off him. And then I've seen a load of a puff of smoke come out of a, of a drive. I think it was Simon Trey, he's 47. And I just backed right off. Halfway down the street, I backed right because I, I just saw it. And it was it was just one of those things that I just did. And normally when you, you're, you're in that in the moment, you, you're all guns blazing all the time. And I just backed off and I got a little bit on the oil and I had a four-wheel slide and then it just gripped and pulled me around the corner and I went round. And then I come round again and I saw Tracers on fire then. And at that point, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I thought it's going to be yellow flags. I knew that I, I had a gap between me and Tom. And then yet the yellows come out, and I was I was sat on the just past the start line, and I heard the foul, obviously all the car, and I heard the fans, and they that everyone was going wild. So at this and point, just, you are you I are was, leading at this point. Yeah, I was leading then, and then I just I just put my visor down, and I was just just so in the zone. I've I've probably never been so in the zone for a race ever, <sighs> and I was just so so in the so up for it, and then. We got a good jump on Tom and he was on me for a few laps and I was just riding into the corners expecting a hit and nothing. And then, and then we just, we pulled away and I just never, ever looked back. Massive. How, how many laps did you lead in the end, at the end? 
I think, I think it was 11. That's what I it's a long I time, think. mate. I'm not 100. Oh, it is a bloody long time, I tell you. <laughs> because the thing is, as well, when I was actually um, in the race, I didn't see uh, the halfway flag or five to go. Oh shit! So obviously, I didn't. I didn't see none of that. So I'm going round and around and around and yeah. thinking, when on earth's half? How long is this bloody race? Yeah, yeah. And then. I've, I've, I'm carving through uh, back markers. I think I, I was up the inside of Danny Wayman going down the straight. And I saw uh, one lap to go. And then I've gone, I felt it. My heart sort of went, oh, let's calm down now. And then obviously that, that checker flag came out and, man, that was it. Oh, was massive, it. massive. Oh, I think that's a perfect time to take a break here on Doing It In The Dirt on NPR, and we'll be right back with Charlie Swardo, and we'll talk all about how we celebrated that world final. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Well, welcome back to Doing It In The Dirt here on NPR. Uh, of course, most of you are probably listening to us on Spotify or Apple Play, and we, again, are talking to Charlie Swarter, the uh, Brisket F1 champion of the world. We've just run literally almost lap by lap through that world final race. Now, Charlie, you've <laughs> you've just gone over the checker flag. You know, you said you've passed Danny Wayman. You've you've run through. You've you've got the white flag. The heart the heart's going. And it took you till then to calm down. Now we said I said eleven laps, that's a long time. But how long was that last lap? Yeah. Uh long. <laughs> but, like, the straight was double the length and the bends were twice as long. I, I, I don't know, it just it all just come together really. I, I can't I can't describe how it felt, really, if I'm honest. It, it, it's it's such a tricky thing to sort of put a word on. Do you know? Do you see what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially right in the moment. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, like the, I'll never forget it. it obviously, it's one of those yeah. things that's always going to stay with you forever. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I can't. I still. It just shows how much it means to us because I still can't really describe <laughs> it now. If you see what, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Is is it? St- Still sinking in, literally. Still, yeah, it is still sinking in, really. Because at the end of the day, I've been racing, like I said, since I was two weeks old or, or however old, and yeah, since being a little baby and finally getting that need for speed is something that I've always dreamed of. If you understand what I, what I mean, so yeah, to be able to do something that you've dreamed of all your life, even though I'm quite young, is still ridiculous. It's indescribable. <laughs> Oh, exactly. It's a, too right. When when you cross the checker, you know, you do your little whatever sort of cool down lap you can even put together and just calm calm down and just take a breath. What's yeah. what was the first thought that went through your mind? Like I want a beer, um, I wanna see my dad, I wanna just pop the shit out of these tires. You know? <laughs> so Because after what you did at the Euro, mind. surely you had something exciting you wanted to do. <laughs> Always, I've always said like I want to make my celebration the tits. I was like, it's, <laughs> it's got to be spectacular. But then when like 
I won. I couldn't do anything. But I, 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 I broke down in tears. Yeah. In me, in me, I went right slow round, and I couldn't see anything because all my eyes were all water and God knows what. And I had to, to be fair, in the race, I had my, my tarmac helmet on, like what? Normally, over here, we can run motocross helmets. Yep. And it was because it was wet. Quite a few people run their motocross helmets, but I didn't. I ran my tarmac helmet. And halfway through the race, before the yellows, I, I had my visor up because I just my visor was that dirty. I couldn't see anything. Yeah. So all my eyes were I was shitting them anyway. So that <laughs> didn't help the situation. <laughs> so then, yeah, obviously, go, just going around the track, I just went dead slow and Tom come up and put his thumb up and Frank and Wim Peters. And just what people don't realise is, is like Big Frank and like Wim Peters and people like that, they're people that when I was like in minis, which obviously was only like four years ago, mm. I looked up to and to be able to then, them people like that come up to you and shake your hand and say, fucking well done, mate. And you then realise you beat people like them is like such a cool sort of feeling that I can't really describe again. Like, And then I went round um, the track and I drifted coming out of turn four and then I went round again. And then I went to the starter rostrum and I saw my dad and he was hanging out the starter rostrum <laughs> and he was pointing number one at me and that and I was I read the tips off it and then I come around and I did my did my donuts and I got on my roof where my team stand. Yep. But what I didn't realise was is they'd all run down to the starter <laughs> rostrum, down the start line. So I'm doing all these donuts and waving and on the roof and doing everything. And they're all the, the other end. So then I've run down, got on the catch fence. They're all sh- they're on top of the catch fence shaking it. And I'm yep. there like, fucking get yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen seen my mum and my old man. They're obviously on the starter roster. And they've been massive. Part. They nearly suffocated me because they picked me up. <laughs> and I, I was like, my stomach was under over this bar. I couldn't breathe or nothing. <laughs> I was out of breath because I'd just done like the 100 metres sprinting, I reckon, under nine seconds flat. And uh, uh, yeah, we obviously it was just such a, it was, oh, it was so cool. It was just, oh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. The only yeah. thing I'd change is, oh, uh, I go out of my car, the team come running to me, my mum, my, my, my dad and my brother, and we had a massive colour, and then my granddad come on after he, he struggles to get about, so it took him a little bit longer with help from, from everyone, and he came over and I gave him a massive, because he used to race before my dad, but that's yep. my dad's and he used to race as well, used to, you see. And then my team come over and it was just cool that I'm really, I've got really close mates and they all race themselves and they could, they wasn't allowed on track and I wasn't allowed to go to them either. That was the only sort of bit that sort of oh, let it down yeah. Yeah. me because obviously to see my mates, so like something like that is so cool, but it, I've managed to see them after, so it doesn't really matter, but yeah, it would have been, been cool for them to be there as well. But it's just, I don't know, it's just, until you experience it yourself, like for fellow drivers, it's not, and they'll they'd say the same if they've won it, or any major either said that you can't describe the feeling that you get. It's like accomplishment and feeling mm. like you finally proven. Because I was quite wrote off the start of the, the race. I was never a favourite going in. Yep. Um, which was a good thing to be fair, because I went under the radar. I said. And obviously, a few people said here and there that Sorda sort of could be there if he used his head, and we just did what we had to do, really. And there was there's a magazine that I don't know who wrote it, but whoever it is, I want to find out who it was. They said that Charlie Sorda, first world final, 
along the lines of probably won't be there. We'll be happy with a top 10 finish. And I just think whoever you are, I'd love to have a little chat with you and just say that you need to expect a bit more next time, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, you probably would have been happy with a finish, right? (laughs) Yeah, listen, I would have been happy with anything. I would have been happy with a top five, top three, or just a finish, but... Yeah, I'm a competitive stock car driver and I want to win everything. So You don't finish third place at a semi-final on a, uh, on a surface that you're not exactly a fan of as such, uh, you yeah. know, for, for no reason. That is for sure. I, um, yeah. I said to the boys beforehand, um, you know, is there anything you guys want to chuck at me and to ask Charlie? And I think this is an appropriate time to ask. Um, my mate Sparky said, how big was the bender? How big was the bender? So, so what? It, it was big. Like cut down, if you get what I mean. So the plan was, is I got all my mates. There was about there was probably about seven or eight of us. All my mates, all about my age, and uh, we was gonna go in. We was like, what do we do? And then Sunday <laughs> night we were like, Fuck it, let's go to London. So we were like, <laughs> be mega, let's go clubbing in London. But then. Obviously, the, the Queen passed away on the yep. Thursday, which obviously was, was a big shame and, and everything. So we we were real worried that we were going to go all the way to London and everything was going to be shut. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we didn't want to we didn't want to like risk it if you get what I mean. So we just fucking hired a home. We hired <laughs> a home all all night Sunday until about five o'clock in the morning, I think. Yeah, and then uh, and then. And then, yeah, Monday I had off work, luckily. I would have been hanging if I would have went in. So, we had Monday off work. I, I worked for my granddad and dad anyway, so it's not it's not too bad. I was going to say, I'm sure so, uh, I'm sure. Um, either way, the boss would fully understand that the uh, the world yeah, champion needs well, a day off. Well, I said to granddad on the centre green, I said, I'm, I'm having uh, Monday off. <laughs> and he was like, we'll see. And then Sunday, Sunday night, he was like, right, I'll see you tomorrow. And I'm like, mum, mum even backed me up too, like, he's not coming into work tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, right, if I've got mum on side, I'm definitely not going in. <laughs> <laughs> I just like how Granddad reminded you that he'll see you on Monday. That's, yeah, that's just I a thought, typical old boy. <laughs> just, just drove me ass off and he won't even let me have the bloody Monday off work. <laughs> oh, crikey. Oh, I think probably Lewis Hamilton probably has that argument with Toto as well, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So it's basically, I guess, since the world final... Um, you're now into the national point shootout, but in general, like, how have the results been going since the world final? Uh, first meeting after world final was Kings Lynn. I think I got tangled up in the heat. Second heat, I got fourth. First superstar home, which was good. Yep. Final, tangled up again, and then in the national, I think we was, I was running uh, up there with Lee. And I think someone just clipped my inside rear and broke a shocker. Yeah. So the chassis was just, just on the axle um, and the car just went off dramatically. And I think we managed to come home in sixth. So we had a, we had a few points from that. But obviously, if you want to win this shootout, you've got to, you've got to score a top five pretty much every race, really, if you want to be there. Um, and then where did we go after that? Uh, Kingsland. Then we did Mildenau. Oh, Mildenau was shocking. Mm-hmm. I got, I did not very good in my heat. I got fifth in the consolation. Consolation was like a final. Yeah. I think there was about eight shootout drivers in it. So come home fifth was good. Final, I got took out. National, I got took out again. 
And then Northampton, we went to North- That wasn't a shootout round, though. That was a qualifier. I got sixth in the heat. I won the final. And then the national, I got I got a bit damaged. The caliper, caliper bracket snapped. So I pulled off. Yeah. But we had a good day at Northampton, to be fair. That's a track that obviously the European was at. And we, we have a lot of pace rounds. So... That was that was a good good meeting for us. First final one with the gold, and then we did Buxton last last Saturday. Yeah, last Saturday, yep. I think we got twelfth in the heat, uh, sixth in the final, eighth in the national. I think so. Not bad results, but not a long way back. I've never started superstar before, so obviously starting at the back mm. is a long way back. I tell you, so we're uh, we we're still finding our feet with with that aspect just trying to get through traffic and yeah that that sort of stuff so we're, we're getting there don't we? we've got the speed it's just trying to put everything together and not get caught up in stuff we don't need to get caught up in so really. so like being world champion like obviously you start with superstars but do you start at the back of everyone or do you know so the, sh- the way change? the shootout was done is um so you have like 12 drivers yeah and then with the superstars you have two groups of six yeah the three rows, then a gap, then three rows. The bottom six to like ah, okay. uh, so six to twelve. Yeah, start in the front row, but then yeah. that's done out of a hat. Yeah, just so uh, someone pulls your number out of a hat, and then like so, at Bucks and I was pole, but then Mildenhall, I think I was back row of the first group because yes. I'm in the bottom bottom half. Yeah, and then it, it that's how it works. The whole the whole I'm not sure if the finals like that, but that's how that it works the whole way. The whole way through, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. good yeah, way but, of doing it, to be fair. But otherwise, like obviously, um, at Northampton, when you were a non uh, points re- or a non shootout round, and you were starting with yeah. superstars, do you, do you have to start right at the backpack, being the gold top? No, well, I thought you did, but I didn't. I was I was front superstar, so I mean, I, I don't know. I don't really know how that how that works when it's not a shootout round. If I'm honest, so. <laughs> I'll just start where I've got to start. If I'm at the back, then I'm at the back. If I'm at the front, yeah. then I'm at the front. So it's a whole new thing, this world championship business, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, it is. Yes, it's a diff- different story now. So <laughs> that's the one. Oh, exactly. Nice work. Nice work. So I guess what? What? I mean, now that you've won the world title, you're the youngest world champion, if I'm right. Yeah. Yep. You're the youngest world person to win the world title. Um, have many others or any others won? the world final on their first attempt like you have? Andrew Smith has. Yeah. Which is, obviously, you know Andrew. Um, I don't know if anyone else has. I'm not sure. You'd have to ask someone who who knows a bit more. Uh, Maybe Dave Chisholm. He was like, he won it three times in a row. I'm not not sure though. I don't want to say for definite. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Maybe Big Frank. I don't don't know. I I definitely know Andrew because I get get on with him very well. So obviously we've had, we've had that little conversation between ourselves, but I'm not too sure if I'm honest. Nice. I I mean, like, this is a real silly question to be fair, but like going forward, if you didn't win a world title again, doesn't matter. You've won a world title. (sighs) No. Obviously not. I, I, at least I can say that I've done it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's something that I never actually thought that I'd get to say. So to be able to actually do it is pretty cool. Yeah. So it's, oh, don't get me wrong, I'd love to win 10. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Win, 
every you're, single you're, one I you're go in. You're a race in, car driver. You want to win. Exactly. Exactly. I want to win everything, every race I go in. And I've always been like that. But I've got to stay grounded and appreciate what's happening now. Um, because it might not never happen again. So we're just trying to soak everything up, if I'm honest. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, we always uh, like to have uh, British visitors as well. Obviously, it's been a wee while and we haven't had the Lions here for a while. We haven't had just drivers here in general. And, and that goes across basically all of our classes too. I know, mm. um, you know, with the, they've made announcements with our international sprint car lineup and our midget car lineup, but, um, Obviously, the UK stock car lineup is yet to sort of announce too much. Um, they generally do close to the time. But now that you're world champion, I, I think it's reciprocating that you get a basically an invite to come to the World 240s. Are you going to take the offer, yeah. Charlie? Yeah, so I've been talking to Guy Guy Parker, which is our England representative, and uh, Sonia from Rotorua Stock Car Club, I think it's called. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and... I, I'm 99% sure I'm going to come. Nice. Um, I've just got to, I've got to find a car. I've got to, I've just got to put everything together. Yep. I haven't got everything together. I've got the people who are going to come with me. Yeah. And, and we've got a rough, rough plan, but nothing's for definite yet. But I, so I said, so it was Phoebe Wayman's wedding the week yep. before world final. And we was there and I had a conversation with Guy and I said, right, Guy, not this year, next year, I want to come to New Zealand and I want to do it. Said yep. Because I've always wanted to, to do New Zealand stock cars. It's something that I, I think looks so cool. Um, and I've always been interested in it. And I just, I've just, i always just said, I, two years, would have been able to do it. And he said, oh, you can't wait two years. You've got to come this year because we haven't got enough drivers. And blah, 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 bloody hell. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do it this year. I'm not hard enough yet. And then, obviously, winning the world final. What did you just, say? You're not hard enough. Well, yeah, <laughs> you've got to be. You've got to be pretty hard. These. Two. I've been, I'm quite small, so there's not many small stock car boys out there. I don't think so. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll 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 see. Oh. I'm not prepared. But my old man says I'm soft anyway, so I'll just have to just have to keep going until he calls me hard one day, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, uh, yeah, but but no, I've, I've been talking to Sonia and Guy. I mean, we're we're trying to get some stuff sorted, but obviously, I'm good mates with Lee Ferrust. Obviously, yep. he's been out there a couple of times. Yep. He's trying to point me in the in the right direction. Wayman, they're they're giving me a lot of help in what what to do here and there, and it's just knowing because obviously I'm I'm a New Zealand virgin essentially. I, it's it's hard to know where's the best place to stay and what to do here and. Yep. It's just a complete different sort of thing. I've got I've got some good mates and they they know what they're doing with cars. They race themselves and they're on about coming over. Well, one's definitely coming over with me. Um, and just just seeing what we can do with everything. Really, it's just trying to plan everything together. If you get what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, there you go. I mean, like mm-hmm. obviously, guys on the job and Sonia's on the job and probably everyone else on the job. But hey, if any of you uh, the drivers are listening and are happy to put your car, you know put your own racing aside for the World 240s so that the world champion can jump on in. Um, I'm sure mm-hmm. you can give us a buzz and we can put you, point you in the right direction. That is for sure. Um, because yeah. I know, I know, I know some, you know, some decent drivers and some decent cars often, quite often uh, are happy to sit aside because they've done their fair share of titles, but um, yeah. I'm sure you will get sorted out with a, a decent weapon. Now um, you mentioned that 
guy said that, you know, shorter drivers and blah, 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 and all that. Was he hinting at a bit of uh, teams racing there, was he? Yeah, so um, hopefully we, we're going to have a... Uh, I have been uh, told the proposed team, which I'm not allowed to no, say. No, no, that's fine, that's uh, fine, but... Uh, um, but I would say it's definitely... If we 100% have a team, which obviously Touchwood, Guy and, and the drivers like myself and, and the others managed to, to come forwards, I think um, it could be a good opportunity for Team GB to maybe possibly get something. But at the end of the day, I haven't done it before. So I, if there's five other drivers who are better than me, which there might be or there might not be, that then obviously I'm going to say, listen, you boys do your thing and I'll just be here if, if you need me sort of thing. So it'd be nice because obviously I always watch it when when it I've seen been for a few years now but I always watch it and we always do manage to do well or thereabouts but we've never managed to get the top spot yet have we so you know I think I'm not sure who the top team is is it, is it Panthers yeah the Farming Panthers yeah our, our local team well, here, yeah. well you let them know we're, we're coming for them that, that's, <laughs> from, uh, that's from the world champ <laughs> Charlie Swarter has spoken oh. and the Panthers Charlie's coming for you I tell you what though it's because they've won 18 titles and yeah, that's that out of won? 40, I think it's a 40 something, uh, what are we at? 40, just kind of quickly look at my book, 45 years or something like that. And 18 yeah, titles. Yeah. I think the next best is, um, next best is six, four or six. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's serious, right? Though. That's serious work. Fair play to them because obviously the, I have watched a few videos. Lee's been sitting me down and telling yeah. me, watch this, watch that. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And I'm like, just learning on the job. And obviously, I'm, I am only joking about coming to them. I, I didn't realise they won that much. <laughs> no, I'm only, I'm only joking. I'm not going back on the words. Two points could be entertaining, couldn't they? Bloody hell. <laughs> well, at least World 240s, you, you're an automatic qualifier through to the finals night. So, yeah, um, yeah that's, you know, that's like, nice, at, yeah. at least then. And I tell you what, it, that to. That's great chance for uh, teams racing practice. I don't know if you've ever watched that live stream, but um, the 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 240s finals, the last two, three years, even without you boys over here, it has been an mm. absolute menace of a heat three where it's just been Palmy versus Gisborne versus Christchurch versus yeah, you name see, it, you I, know? I, I spoke to um, Mitch Vickery. Yep. Obviously, he's, he's one of the one of the top boys out there I believe yep, he is 3MZ isn't he yep yeah so I was talking to him and he said that even in the 240s it becomes like the, the that last race because you do you do it heat one heat two heat three yeah which for us obviously we don't quite do it like that but he said that heat three he said if you're in like an association or a team or what, whatever you call it you're then ex- and you're not in it to win it you're then expected to take mate yeah and I said well, what What if that's your mate obviously I know you don't have mates on the track but <laughs> waiting for someone to lap down and trying to take them out is a little bit different than just taking them out in the actual race so I don't know it looks like we might have to do a bit of team racing maybe for Frank or Leo or see if they want to do a bit for us so see if we yeah. can get a bit see if we can get a 240 back to England I think I think I think you've got the the gist of all this Charlie I th- I've just you know, listen to you. You've you've got the hang of it, mate. You've got the hang of it for sure. Yeah, well, I, I talk to the people I need to talk to. Don't get me wrong. I know I know what's going on out there. So we'll see what we can do. See who we can wind up and piss off. <laughs>
<laughs> exactly. At least you get to go home. That's what we always say when we come to England. You know, if uh, if the boys aren't in the chance to win the world final, put in a big bender, and um, at least you get to come home after it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the problem is someone might ram you after the flag in that, so you ought to be careful. Doing well, that. yeah, there, there is that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly right. You, you, you did right there. Oh, massive. Hey, look, I, I bloody hope you can get over here, mate. It'll be good to meet you. And, you know, Ben is such a young fellow, only 20 years old. Um, you know, all of our boys, our top boys these days, you know, the, the Rees boys, Ethan and Asher, you know, Asher's our New Zealand champion. William Humphreys has mm. been over a couple of times. Jack Myers, Jordan Deere, Jaden Ward. Guys, you know, Keegan and Ethan that were there this year, Mitch, Randall, mm. you know, they all came out of mini stocks into super stocks at, at the age of sort of 17. And, you know, it's, um, they're in their twenties now and, and they're top drivers over here. So, um, it, to me, you know, you, compared to them as well, you're still a young fella. It'd be good to see a young fella come over here. Obviously we've had Ted a few times. Um, and he's finding his yeah. feet after a couple of years. So. You know, as a world champion, I think it's quite cool to have a, a young fella that would be over here. It'd be, it'd be something different. Yeah, of course it would. Yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm doing what a world champion will do, really. I'm, regardless of my age, I know I'm quite young, but the way I look at it is every opportunity that I'm given to race a car, I will take it because racing's in my blood and that's what I believe I'm, I'm on the the planet to do is, is to race a car whether it's for a hobby or whether it's for a living it doesn't matter but that's what I enjoy doing and that's what I think I'm quite good at so if someone says to me do you want to come race a car and easy I'm not, I'm not going to say no just because it's the other side of the world am I let's be honest so yeah. any any sort of opportunity like that whether, regardless of what it is I, I will always snap someone's hand off and, and take it regardless so. yeah. yeah exactly right If just, just on that sort of note like if there's if there's aside from British racing, if there's a formula or a class or a category out there in, in anywhere in the world that you could have a skid in, what what would it be, you know? Uh so I'm big time into my American racing. Um yeah. what obviously Ryan and Tom they both do that. I um probably probably a midget yeah. out there. But we we went to America in February, we me and dad and, and mum and little has my brother. We um we pretty much go not quite every year but not far off. I've I've been quite a few times. I've been quite lucky, obviously, with with that side of stuff and just watching like the sprint cars and obviously USACs and midgets and all that sort of stuff. It, it's just something that I've always wanted to do. Is that 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 is like the the number one at the top of the sort of list sort of thing that I'd yeah. I'd really like to do. But listen, I've got to take everything as it comes. If I'm when I can't I can't get lost in the moment. I'm still. I'm still young and I'm still learning essentially. So maybe one day it will happen. I don't know, but listen, if someone, if someone was to offer me a drive in a car for a year, I don't, I don't have no, no reason why I'd say no. Let's put you it think, that way. You think one day, you know, obviously these days, especially with chili bowl, you can basically just hire a drive. Mm. You think one day that might be a goal year? Yeah, of course. Like chili bowl is, is ridiculous. Like they get like what, 300 cars yeah. and, over like five nights racing but the problem is with the chili bowl is you I've, I have looked into it if I'm honest but you only get so you get your your practice run and then your prelim night and if you don't even get in any prelim night like you're only confirmed a heat and a, and a feature that's only two races so yep. you spend like X amount of money 
on on a on a on a drive, whether it's amazing or whether it's not very good, and you don't don't even know if you you could get dumped by someone. Someone give you the right rear and roll you over, and it's it's done yeah, within yeah. a matter of seconds. Your your money that you plumbed into that is gone. Yeah, you see yeah, what I'm saying. Enough. So like, <clears throat> it if we was to ever put our own money into it, which one day is possible is a possible thing for us to do. Um, I don't personally think that I'd go straight into Chili Bowl straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, it's something that is that interests me massively because you have drivers from pretty much every side of the country or of the world, sorry, coming into into one arena, and they're like, you've got like Larson, Thorson, and then you've got like your NASCAR boys and some boys from NZ, and you just think like that that little arena, that little it is like got so yeah. much talent in and you think if I could get myself in there one day that would be the tits be bloody so, awesome but, yeah. But yeah I mean it's a bit like spending all your money coming to New Zealand being top of the points of the 240s and getting you know tits up by a Kiwi just because we can do it you know <laughs> that's what the, well, we'll see if that happens or not but yeah you're, you're exactly right it's the problem is, is such a, it would be such a big risk to, to go to America and plummet everything down into there and and yeah, and then it's all gone. Do, do yeah. you see what I mean? Exactly right, mate. Um, exactly right. So we, we, uh, we've just got to see what happens. We've just take it as it comes. One, one, uh, one race at a time, as they would say. One race at a time. 100%. But I, I'm enjoying doing what I'm doing in England at the minute. I'm, in, I'm enjoying my stop cars and and that that side of stuff. So America's America's on always going to be on the cards, and I would one hundred percent go and do it. But it's just one of those things that probably not yet. Yeah, let's take New I mean. Zealand. Let's take New Zealand off in January and February. First. Yeah, yeah. Let's get New Zealand done and see see if we see if we manage to get on well over there, which would obviously be lovely. But exactly right. <laughs> hey Charlie, it's been bloody awesome talking to you, mate. Um, just quickly, actually. Just before we wrap up, wild child. Why do you call get called the wild child? I think I know why after so, after, after um, the Euro. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we obviously went to America. I mean, me have a granddad who unfortunately isn't here anymore. He his favourite driver was a man called Jack Holland's child. And then obviously I used to pretty much go everywhere racing with him when we went out there, and I liked him as well. And then my granddad just called me the wild child. And then my first car. My ninja car, I had the wild child put across the wing. Yeah. And then and then that it didn't really stick and no one really called me it. And then I had it in minis and a few people called me it. But in over memory it proper clicked on that I called me Wild Child Sorter. And then sort of like since I started racing the funds, I've had it on, on, on most of my uh, most of my cars but the new one, I think. And uh that's it. Like you watch the the, the stuff on Speedworth T V and they're like and the wild child's coming through. And you think like oh, that, that that's there now. It's, that's cool, man. That's there for good. So that's when I'm awesome. like 60 years old, I'm still going to be called the wild child. I'm still racing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's awesome. That's bloody cool. As I say, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'd call you the wild child after uh, after the Euro. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. Hey, no one phases me. So that's, that's it. That's, that's, that's what it, it is. And hey, it's been awesome having you on the show, Charlie. Um, Bloody cool to talk to you after that world final win. And as I say, hopefully we can see you here in three months or so time. Be nice. Hopefully everything goes to plan. We'll 
we'll be over there. That long old flight. Nice one. Awesome, mate. Good to catch up and uh, look forward to uh, to meeting you soon. Spot on. Thanks very much. Well, how good is Charlie Swarter? 20 years old, his first world final, and he takes it out uh, from inside row four. Bloody awesome. And I really can't wait to meet him in person in, uh, in January. I think we'd probably have a fair bit of fun off track as well as on. Next week, we're going to be talking a bit of Stratford Speedway with uh, the boys up there. Obviously, they're opening night next week, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to them. But otherwise, a big thanks to our sponsors, of course, Gary at Burn Art Cars. I believe uh, the Christmas orders have been well and truly exceeded. And of course, uh, the team at Speedway Garage for keeping us fueled this off-season. Catch them, of course, in Palmerston North and now in Whanganui. Until next week, though, stay safe, and we'll catch you then. If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.npr.nz forward slash donate.